So explain to me why you take it when it comes to a new album mm-hmm. that you do not listen to it from start to finish. Well, it depends on the artist and the recent music that they've been making. Um, this conversation came up regarding... No, 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 no. no. Just <laughs> Okay, let's start this again. We don't need to explain everything to the audience. Okay. Because I, I started the conversation by saying that. Like okay. Giving them the background they needed. All right. So Start explain again. to go. me why you don't listen to an album from start to finish in its entirety when an, you approach a new album that's been released. It has a lot to do with the quality of the music that musician has been making recently. And it has to do with if I want to put my time into a full listen. So with the album we were discussing... It's, I haven't been a fan of how that person's been making music recently. Then you should not be listening to their music. I'm just listening to hope for that spark from before. But in, can you at least agree that in the way that you are listening to that music, you haven't really given it a listen? Yeah, I can give you that for sure. Yeah. So then what's what's the point of wasting any of your time if you're not going to give it a proper listen? Because I still have respect for that artist in the earlier years. You have zero respect for that artist because you're not willing to give their uh, intended album a start to finish listen like they would want. Um, time is very valuable. And I, have a, I, must, I will say I have a quick ear for what I think is good in regards to what I enjoy. Okay. And not good. Um, in regards to the album, I, I will, I'm just going to interject and disagree Okay, because I'm going to say this as honestly as possible. Let's hear it. I would say three quarters of the shit you send me is mm-hmm. trash and you really? realize that it's trash. We've talked about it later on. You're like, ah, yeah, I probably shouldn't have sent that one over just so quite so soon. Uh, we also have very different tastes when it comes to things. But no, no, no. So, I'm I mean, just saying for the stuff that I've, tastes aside, for the stuff that you, I think tastes are pretty important on this. No, no. Taste aside, may, taste aside. Sure. You have admitted several times to me mm-hmm. that you sent something too soon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. That's for all, sure. That's all I'm saying. So maybe your tastes are different. They are, but I think that you're level of being able to identify whether something is good or not uh-huh. may not be as refined as you think. Well, I will say there have been moments, especially, and I'm not one to, uh, to blame a substance usually, but especially under the influence where I will really be enjoying something. And I say, Hey, I'll send this over. And for that reason, I believe I should have given that thing more time. You, my friend, are on some heavy copium right now. Heavy copium. Define copium. Copium. Copium is uh, the lies you tell yourself uh, to make you think what you believe. Uh, How so? So you're telling yourself that you have this keen ability to pick up whether a song or music is going to be good or not. Mm -hmm. When I think that even somebody like myself Mm -hmm. who's been listening to music his whole life, I don't even feel that way about myself because when you listen to something new and you truly listen to something objectively, 
you need to put yourself in a place of vulnerability. And if you're not doing that, mm-hmm. then you're not giving any music the time it deserves, regardless of artist. And you're not doing I'll yourself you any a, favors either. I'll say you have a point. Um, I'm just not interested in wasting my time on somebody's music who honestly I don't enjoy anymore. Then but like I, I said, still, you shouldn't, and I don't care because I haven't, I don't care about this album either that we're actually talking about. I know. But <laughs> the thing that it is, is I'm just, I'm saying like for a man of science, this isn't a very scientific approach to, to listening to music. I see the, the folly in it. Yeah. I so understand I'm trying, that. I'm trying to guide you in the right direction. No, so I, that, I understand your point. So that if you're going to even skim over some music, yeah. if you skim over some good music and don't realize it, What's the sense? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I'm not saying that my, my logic is, is sound in this, but it is how I approach albums uh, right. a lot well, of the time. And I think you should change so you can be a better music listener. I, I don't know. I've got a pretty broad category or catalog. I should say of music in my, well, then I think of what I should... enjoy and, I prefer to spend my time listening to music that I enjoy. Then and if don't I want to get experimental at all, then let somebody, so then if I want to get experimental and listen to something out there, I know the routes that I can go where it's going to be good, whether it be artists that have played in a band together in jazz music or whatever, you can hear little pieces of things. Okay. Um, with a lot of the newer hip hop these days, I find it just really sounds, this is a hip hop album we're talking about. I find it sounds like the same shit. And, I'm just not really interested in listening to that kind of music. So if I listened to this album and heard, wow, they were doing some really cool stuff with live instrumentation or sampling or. Okay. Let's be honest. Let's be honest for a second. Cause yeah. I feel like you're on a fucking trail of bullshit right now. Um, first thing you said is that you, you've skimmed over this album. I have only, I have not listened to this album. Yeah. You said you skimmed over it. Then. I played you the intro mm-hmm. for the album. You were like, had not heard it before. Yes. Okay. And then when, when the intro ended and the first song started playing, you went, oh, that was your reaction. So that tells me in itself that you have not given this enough time. Yeah. Because you heard the first note of the first song after the intro and you were like, oh, like you hadn't heard it before. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, and if, and if you don't like an artist, like if, if, if there's an artist that's come out and they haven't put out a good album in 10 years, then let someone else tell you that the album is worth listening to before wasting any of your time skimming over it and not even giving it a chance. I see your point. I and see I'm your not point. trying to be a jerk. Oh no. We're, we're having a, a debate. Absolutely. Um, I want the music to be good. And that's why I, I listen. I want the music to that's be good why too. I listen. But I know from experience yeah. that when somebody puts together uh, an album that is a concept, and to give you uh, something, not all albums are conceptual. No. Right? No. But a lot are. And it, from this artist recently, they have been. Every album this man has done is a concept. Think, okay, we're talking about Donda. We're talking about Donda. And if you think about... Uh, the college albums. Yeah. Well, wow, those are all concept albums. They are concept. Wow. Albums. Uh, 808s and heartbreaks. I wonder what that one's about. Yeah. Um, you know, Jesus. Okay. Well, maybe that one, that one's kind of out there. No, but it's still a concept. It is a concept. Musically. I am a God. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. You have a point. Yeah. Um, Life of Pablo concept album and Dark Twisted Fantasy. I will say, haven't given it much time either. Dark Twisted Fantasy concept album. Yeah. Okay. So I think, and I, I don't, I, like I said, I haven't listened to Donda. This is not coming from a place of that I love Donda. It is not. This is a, this um, is a new conversation. This is, like I said, that's why I didn't really want to say an artist specifically because I feel that the you should really take that approach to any album that's a concept. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I think, like, that's one thing about, you know, the last Tool album. Mm. You have to listen to the songs in order. It's a concept album. Hmm. Yeah, just like every other Tool album. So it's fine to listen to something and to pick out, oh, I like song three or song five or mm. whatever. But um, the artist intended for you to listen to the album as a whole. And so you should try and experience it that way to get the maximum enjoyment out of it. And if you think about some of the, your favorite albums of all time, those are going to be the albums that, you know, like we've said before, you listen to start to finish. You never feel like you have to skip a track. So anyway, that's my logic. It's sound. It's sound as a, as a music lover. I can't disagree with you. Um, I don't know. As long as I've, as long as I've opened your eyes a little bit, I, I understand. Trust me, I do a lot of things that uh, principally I may not agree with, but it's just um, I don't know. I haven't been into his music recently. Like that, I said, that's fine. I want him. To I'm be not good, been into his music recently either. But if I'm gonna listen to it, I'm gonna listen to the entirety of it. It's like 40 songs. I don't care. You it's a long like you said, you, like you said, you sent over this this hour and a half mix to me the other day, Which, and you said that you listened to it three times in twenty four hours. True. So when you say you don't have time to listen to something, I'm going to call bullshit. He did call bullshit. There's a lot of transit time. That's fine. School activities, but right, I suppose that's there the would best be time with, to listen to music with the Donda as well. Um, no, I I couldn't genuinely justify my logic with that, but. It's it's my style at this point, and I'm I'm rolling with it. Stubborn, stubborn indeed. But it it is a time thing. All right, welcome back. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Um, keeping with uh, seeing how we're talking about Kanye already. Just playing a little bit of the another intro. This Bernie Mac skit I love. Kanye, can I talk to you for a minute? Me and the other faculty members was wondering, could you do a little song, something beautiful, something that the kids are going to love when they hit. It's gonna make- so that's off, as I'm sure many of you know, 2004, college dropout. And I was listening to Stankonia by Outkast the other day. And they also have a, a pretty classic skit on there. I just want to see the year of the album. I think it was 2000. It was 2000 few years before um i'm gonna play it for you it's kim and cookie and now kim and cookie rain rain say hello cookie hello girl i got something to tell you spill it girl spill it remember old boy at the club from last night. Last night. What's up? Went home with the motherfucker. 
I'm thinking I'm finna goddamn get my ass tore up. Toe but girl, up. what? Dick so shout. Shout. Came quick. <laughs> he got heels. I ain't get mine. I'm like, fuck. <sighs> you know, you talking all this goddamn shit. And you ain't shit. You don't got you a motherfucking minute, A minute, motherfucking man. Mother but it's all good, you know what I'm saying? Because before I got them left this motherfucker, I hit this motherfucker up for everything. You hear me? I'm talking about wallet. I'm talking about credit cards, money. And you know what? I was going to hit him up for his goddamn pistol, but I ain't know how many motherfucking bodies he had on that motherfucker. You feel me? I feel you. But it's all good. Break! Pretty quality sked, in my opinion. Okay, I, I've got one for you. All right, hit me. I don't know if you're familiar with this one. Oh. It's off of the uh, debut album by one Dr. Dre. Okay. It's called The $20 Sack Pyramid. It's off of Chronic? That is his debut album. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, fucking TV, I'm sorry. Motherfucking cable off. Shit, I'm hey, hey, bring me something to drink. Yeah, the motherfucking crazy wants to do. That'll work. Damn it, shit on this motherfucker. Oh, oh shit, what the fuck is this? Hey, motherfuckers, welcome back to the $20 sack pyramid. I'm your host, motherfucking OG Henny Loke, and we're back with our two final contestants, Duck Motherfucking Mouth and Bootney Lee Farnsworth. They'll be playing for a $20 sack of Endo and a $35 gift certificate to the Compton Swap Meet. All right, y'all bitches got 30 seconds to answer five motherfucking questions. Lonnie, you ready with that clock? We'll let the games begin. All right, man. We got to do that shit, man. Hell yeah, man. We can do Work that shit right now. We got to do that shit right now. Okay, you ready? Hell yeah, man. I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. All right, let's go. Endo. Uh, uh, Cavi. Uh, Buddha. Shit I used to uh, say? Uh, 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 Hocus Pocus. Oh, things that people smoke. Right, that's it right there. Uh, uh, oh, oh, fuck me in the ass. Oh, oh, uh, step to me and let me suck your dick. Uh, oh, uh, things uh, that Tim Dog was saying. Yeah, say. that's it right there. Oh, yeah. Come on, keep going, man. Here we go. PCRs, TVs uh, and shit. All uh, them socks and shit. All oh, that box in your room and shit. Oh, oh shit, I came up on loop. That's it, that's it right there. Yeah, yeah that's uh, it. Cool. Hey, uh, man, here we go. In Vogue. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, Pelly, Pelly, Pelly Berry. Yeah, the skit is, I was going to say it's dying, but it's definitely really, not dying. It's definitely not. You're just not listening to albums where there's a lot of skits. It's true. A lot of new hip hop. I'm uh, I'm skimming over. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah. missing out on the skits. A lot of a lot of skimming of skits and such. <laughs> yeah. When the shoe fits, go with the skits. I ordered two Domino's pizzas last night. I told myself I wasn't two. Gonna, yeah. Oh my god. I went through one and a half in like 18 hours. It 
I'm not proud of the people, but now you know. They're pretty tasty too. Well, yeah. I mean, what you're gonna you're gonna tell people you ordered two pizzas, but you're not gonna say like what they were. You got a uh, pepperoni sausage and black olive, and then uh, a pineapple ham and banana pepper. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was good times. I regretted it immediately, but while eating it was it was all right. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever let that uh, let a Domino's pizza just sit out? How long are we talking here? Uh, like a day or so? No, no. Oh, because it doesn't change at all. I mean, maybe not on I the surface. No, I think, I think there's just enough preservatives in it that 24 hours later you can still eat it unrefrigerated. I don't know about that. I've you, done you, it. You have. I've done it. He's still here to tell the tale, folks. Yeah, and I, I can tell you that I have like a weak stomach. Huh. Like, I've gotten food poisoning way more times than I'd like to admit. <laughs> Terrible experience. It's really bad. I think it's the closest you can feel to dying without actually dying. I think that's pretty reasonable. I mean, the nutrient loss is just not good. It's just like when, when it's coming out of both ends, like what do you do in you, that there's situation? There's no way to stay hydrated. No, it's impossible. I've been using this, uh, not that I'm food poisoned a lot, but this hydration solution for, uh, you mean water? <laughs> it's enhanced water, JP. It's sure. got, uh, electrolytes and all this good stuff. It's at a specific balance that it activates the sodium glucose pump in your body. So you can hydrate easier. Apparently it's published in a respectable journal. Um, but I was taking when I was flying a lot this, this summer, it's pretty good because apparently planes dehydrate you quite a bit. I don't, I don't, you know, like as soon as I get on a plane, yeah. um, I wait for them to do their, you know, where they force you to take your headphones off to listen to the, they never force me to take them off. Oh, maybe they stopped doing it last time I was I'm on always a plane, wearing them. which was a few years ago. Yeah. Um, they were still doing it, but they make you take your headphones off to listen to their safety spiel, which is fine. But the second that that's over, I'm headphones on, sunglasses on, neck pillow. And by then, you know, I'm going to sleep. And I, yeah. and I sleep the entire flight as much as possible. I'm just starting to be able to sleep on planes. Not that I was nervous or anything before. It was mainly it excited. Helps if you, uh, Use something to induce the rest. It's true. I usually only have access to cannabis. That's that's fine. It's just pretty much it. You know, nice consume a lot 100, of it. Hundred milligrams or so. See, I, as you you may suspect, I have a habit of freaking out going through security if I'm too baked. And yeah, this might have been like a pre-prohibition thing. Eat it right before you you go through security. That's true. You can even take it on the plane at this point. Bro. Oh, you can absolutely. Yet now they're saying um, now they're saying that you cannot consume your own alcohol or cannabis products while on the plane because like four years ago or so, I distinctly remember consuming cannabis oil on the plane or 2017 whenever it was legalized. Yeah, well, then that's fine. Now they have uh, policy and regulation, which is some malarkey. Let me tell you. But uh, yeah, there's been a few times after eating hash 
in flying that uh shouldn't he be eating hash and flying it was a bad idea no i just think at this point you know in the world that we live in where everything is legal mm. you just stick to smoking your hash rather than eating it it's probably better for you uh probably if, if you have access to other uh edible thc yeah, forms, so i'm saying for sure. everybody's got access to edibles That's, these days that is very true but eating hash is pretty good oh no i'm just saying it's it's I've eaten lots of hash yeah. prior to legalization, but now I just why waste the hash when you could just eat an edible? It's very true. Yeah, typically hash is much more expensive than an edible. Yeah, and recently I've been going with the sprays. Oh yeah, I could do Oil that. Sprays. I just They're think that good. I'd probably spray a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah, pretty easy for that to happen. But they're good. They're uh, easy to transport for sure. the hash no the sprays oh the spray yeah, yeah it looks like uh you're freshening your breath i i would i'd probably just go with the dropper myself yeah and at least i could say oh i'm taking x drops they've got it written on the yeah, it's, it's the so, side of the bottle it, but it's got a plus or minus accuracy <laughs> i mean so would a dropper that's what i'm saying yeah i'm talking about a dropper sorry true true and the, the spray is going to have some variability too but whatever as long as the, as we were saying earlier with the, the liquid acid, as long as there's a, a little bit of room for error, then I'm okay with it. There's always going to be. There's got to be. If, you're, if your concentration is too high. The thing high is, is like when you're talking about like an acid dropper, you know, one milliliter is going to be a lot probably. Yeah, it could be for sure. Yeah. Depends on how, so, how concentrated you make it. Well, I'm not making it unfortunately nor am i I'm sure somebody we know somebody is um what else is going on in the world here spacex's falcon heavy um chosen by nasa to launch the goes-u satellite mm -hmm. scheduled to lift in 2024 nice it's interesting you know that um, Tesla or Tesla SpaceX is um, is responsible for sixty percent of all NASA missions to space now. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and <clears throat> and Jeff Bezos is not happy about it. I'd say he isn't. He's not. He's trying to sue everyone. He's trying. He's trying to sue NASA. He's trying to sue SpaceX. But who else has the rockets? Exactly. He thinks that. So like Jeff Bezos is such a, you know, spoiled brat. When you think about it, everything other than Amazon that Jeff Bezos has, he bought, right? Right. So when he came to Twitch, he bought Twitch. Bezos did? Yeah. That's huh. why Twitch is, you can have Twitch Prime if you have Amazon Prime, blah, blah, blah. Don't use it, but that, that makes sense. Um, then, you know, when it comes to Blue Origin. He bought Blue Origin. When it comes to Rivian, the company that they say is going to be um, competition for Tesla, yeah, he he basically bought it. He he ordered like a hundred thousand electric vehicles from them. He essentially is you know bought into the company. I'm sure he owns some of it as well. Wow. Anyway, what I'm saying is that Jeff Bezos. Is tr trying to buy his way into space. He's trying to buy his way into electric vehicles. Yep. He bought his way into the streaming platform. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but when you build something from the ground up and you're intricately, intri you're whatever, you're super involved with everything that you're doing, like like Elon is. Yeah. Um. 
you're, I don't know. I just think that when things go correctly, um, you look like the responsible party, right? Like everybody, you know, gives Elon a lot of credit for the success of Tesla, the success of SpaceX. But when you look at Jeff Bezos and look at his companies, he's not really, he didn't build them from the ground up, Mm -hmm. you know? So he's more of like a passenger on his blue origin than say like Elon would be essentially like a pilot. He would know everything about the spacecraft. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I sometimes wonder to what extent uh, Musk is involved in it, like, the there, engineering and the, okay. the process. That, I, I don't know. No, that's know. a great, that's a great question yeah. because recently this dude uh, on YouTube, mm-hmm. his channel is called everyday astronaut. Nice he name. got, um, he got access to the Boca Chica facility yeah. in Texas and he spent like two or three hours walking around the site um, with Elon mm-hmm. able to ask anything he wanted. And you should, it's really worth watching yeah. because not only will you see just how much of a, a, a visionary leader Elon Musk is, mm-hmm. but you'll see just how in depth and how much he knows about the littlest tiny things about it because he's got during this, this interview, he's got uh, workers talking to him, updating him on stuff. And he knows every single thing about like the stupidest little things. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's actually amazing. I was blown away by that. And, you know, I thought that Elon Musk was, you know, a good leader to begin with, but to see, him have that style where he's he's able to talk on the same level as the labor dude that's doing welding uh, down on site. It's just amazing. Yeah, that that absolutely is amazing. Um, uh, do you have any topics you wanted to bring up today? Sure. Hit me. So, I'm I want to have like a conversation about the state of the marijuana or the state of the weed. Okay. Because like it's it's pretty obvious to me that things have changed a lot in I would say the last 6 months in that um we've seen the price of retail weed come down quite a bit substantially, yeah. Yeah, substantially to the point that I almost thought, wow, maybe it's just worth it to just buy weed from you know, retail sites. But then I went and checked out Chronic Post and they have also decreased the prices of their weed substantially hmm. to the point that I was saying, like, I got two ounces for like uh, 130 or 135 bucks. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's not like crappy crap, the crappy weed. Like I've gotten some crappy weed from Chronic Post. Yeah. No, this is. I have as well a couple times, but not, not often. They usually no, not come often. Through. And it's usually my own fault for buying a two star or whatever they rate it. But true. These uh, one ounce deals that they've got doesn't seem to be any crappy weed in the mix there. Hmm. And I think like, so what's going to happen or is like, is retail weed going to go any cheaper? And then, you know, obviously chronic post is going to go cheaper to compete. Right. So at what point do you, you hit where there's not, you know, profit. Yeah. Or at least what's the point in selling it? Well, whatever the point of selling is because you bought all this fucking equipment and, and, you, so, and yeah. or you have a company that needs to make a profit. How cheap can it go? That's that's, what, that's exactly what I'm asking. I, I couldn't tell you, but 
I mean, there's there's got to be a baseline cost for producing. I wonder if cannabis if cost per gram or whatever you want to say it, it won't be the deciding um, metric for which company does best. You think it's going to lean towards quality? I, I, I don't think I don't think there's a problem with quality. No, no. I think like like we've said for the most part, all weed is pretty good. At this point, yeah. Yeah, it's, you're not seeing too much crap. I haven't seen any crap for at least a year. It's been a while. Yeah. Sometimes I'll get, I mean, especially, especially from the retail but I think when cannabis, you, it's dry at times, and that can lead to... Uh, yeah, but I think when, you're, when you get crap, most of the time, you kind of knew there was a risk involved yeah. in, is it going to be good or is it going to be crap? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but when you're buying something that doesn't seem like it could be crap, mm-hmm. it's usually not. I've been pretty happy with it. I picked up uh, some sour kush recently from a company called Divi. It was great, like really frosty nugs. Yeah, but even though they've lowered the price, it's still twice the price of uh, Carnet Post. Yeah. Which is crazy. I really wonder where all that weed's coming from. It's got to be BC. No, well, I'm sure some of it is. Yeah. But you got to think that there's so many cannabis producers in Canada that are producing way more weed than what they can sell at a retail level. Right. And even though I'm, I'm, I'm know that they're supposed to destroy it. Who the fuck is destroying it? It's going out the back door. It's like, it's like Dale donuts, you know, True. it's the same (laughs) thing. So that's where this weed is coming from. It's coming from the same producers that are providing retail weed. It wouldn't be surprising. No, it's a hundred percent because that's what was happening before legalization is that you had all of these, uh, companies that had applied for a license Mm -hmm. that, you know, are still, they can't just all of a sudden on July 1st, you know, start growing weed. Right. Right. They, they've been like, there was a period of time where, um, it could have been any month that, weed was going to be legal mm-hmm. and there was no sure sure month of when it was going to be legal right so these producers have to be in production being ready well, for well before yeah. that right yeah. and if if it gets delayed by another six months well then too bad for you right but they're supposed to be destroying that product mm-hmm. guarantee it's no not one's being no one's destroying weed no and i know of uh several uh, people who have started um, cannabis companies who were on the illegal side of it uh, before legalization. I would say that's a pretty common thing. Yeah, and some you know some really big companies that are like huge right now were started hmm. by people that were growing weed illegally for years. Yeah, they know how to do it. Right. That's, so I mean, if, the, if the they're big a skilled worker, is, and somebody must know, mm-hmm. you know, one of the whether it's. Uh, at a specific company or just in general, somebody's got to know what the, the minimum is like in terms of electricity, water, any other nutrients, you know, whether using soil or, um, uh, like a hydroponic mixture, you know, somebody's able to break down those costs. Somebody knows. Oh, of course. Right. So somebody, probably anyone who's growing wheat, but that's what I'm saying. Those people would be, it'd be good for them to speculate on which companies are going to succeed or if mm. their company is going to succeed based on what they know their costs are. If they know their costs are 
too high and they can't bring them down, then they're not going to be able to compete in the retail weed market soon. When you see some of these companies, like I saw a $70 eighth the other day. Yeah. Who the fuck's buying that? What the fuck? You're, those are, you're, those are people who are completely uneducated that are buying that or people that have way too much money and they don't, uh, smoke a lot of weed. Yeah. Yeah. That's the boutique grade of pot and that kind of shit. There's a market for that, but there is, it's not your, um, daily weed smoker. Uh, Not the average one, at least. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know a a few people who will walk into a store and say highest percentage and that's it. That's really what you're looking for. And I find it's those really high percentage strains that people are giving like really big tickets on, which makes sense, I guess, but I don't, I don't need a 30% strain of wheat personally. No, I think 20 is pretty good. Anything, Anything around 20 is good for me. Yep. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Otherwise, I mean, it's nice. No, it's, it, it's, it's like, um, it's like, you know, going out for an ice cream, you know? How so? That like when you, when you buy like a craft bud, yeah, it's like a, it's like a treat. It is like a treat. You're right. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I think there is a market for that and there's lots of different people who probably fit into that market. Um, but I'm saying like, it's the me's and you's mm-hmm. that are really um, investing money into the marijuana industry. Dedicated. Yeah. Yeah. Like I went into, uh, <laughs> I went into this place called uncle Sam's that's around here. It's like a, right, it's like right. a franchise. Yeah. And uh, I've only been in a retail weed store a handful of times and it had been a while. And so I walk in there and it's this younger chick. She's, total like you know seems like total hippie type and she asked me what i want and i'm just like instantly tell her what i want and it's an it's an ounce or whatever and she comes back and she's like do you want to join our points program or whatever the fuck you know (laughs) no no i said well what what's in it for me and she's like well, every $230, you get like $20 off. And I'm like, well, fuck yeah. I'm going to be spending that very quickly. And she, she looked at me like, and I was like, oh, yeah, you probably don't get a lot of a lot of me's. Apparently, we don't make up uh, much of the pot-consuming population, daily smokers. But our per capita is off the charts. Oh, absolutely. I'm smoking more than a fucking ounce a week right now. Honestly, I don't know how you do it. It's amazing. It's not that hard. <laughs> you just need to constantly have a joint in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it pretty much. I mean, it works out to 10. I'm going to say an average of 10 ish joints, joints a, a day, day, at least. It's a lot of joints, man. I know it is. Um, and, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. No, no, it's, it is. It's, it's not a good thing. Eh, whatever. But you know what? When my life gets more busy, it's going to change. That's kind of where I'm that, at now. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not, this isn't the first time I've been smoking this much. No, no, no. And it probably won't be the last. Sure. It won't be. But yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, I was saying to JP today that I was reading a, some headline. I don't want to spread. Uh, there was a statistic. It was a CNN headline and they were saying that people had who smoke cannabis daily had twice the likelihood of dying of heart disease. 
And um, it was a it was a moderate change from 0.8 percent of the population of smokers to 1.6. It really doesn't percent. take much of anything to raise your blood pressure, which puts you at risk for these things. Yeah, and I know for a fact that smoking weed raises your blood pressure acutely, for sure. Well, when you're 10 joints deep, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot for sure. But and, and I mean. 10 joints doesn't, maybe doesn't sound like a lot, but these are well-sized joints, folks. Yeah. But not only that, you're not sharing them. No, you we smoke solos. You smoking them to yourself. <laughs> I'm usually at like three a day like, now. Uh, yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, the other day about the times that we used to smoke, not just us, but yeah, you know, yeah. the collective we yeah. um, used to share joints. And I'm just like, I don't even know if I'd be getting high at that point. If we just shared a joint, maybe if I hadn't smoked that day, see, I, I, I still can for sure. You and the, the other member of our smoking crew, that man needs like massive joints Yeah, and we'll smoke the whole thing. I'm like, yeah, I just, like, if it's a Saturday morning and I'm having uh, some weed with coffee, it'd be like half a joint. That's ridiculous. And it'll come back like an but hour you and are a half smoking, later. You are smoking the expensive weed which i still think is reasonably reasonably priced 65 dollars a half not bad like not i said that's great. double the price of it is and, and you can't tell me that it's double the quality honestly i i'm not sure what are you smoking over there what do you got this is some nukin some you're welcome nukin. to inspect i will inspect oh nukin's a classic yeah exactly that's why BC i try stuff i'm sure our listeners uh don't care if they can't see I've, but i've smoked it before which is why i bought it yeah i don't know the stuff that uh that i got the other day was this looks really nice exactly it's you can't foresty. it smells almost like you can't tell candy. me candy that's that, really that nice shit weed. yeah that that shit how that, much was this the, that ounce was 69 dollars. jesus Murphy. the run the runt ounce was 79 dollars. oh i know it's very earthy it's very earthy yeah well that's quite nice jp might need to go back to chronic posts. Sorry for the, I, like I said, I, I don't, I like, I like having a treat once in a while. Yes. But I think for normal smoking, yeah, this is the way that's the house blend kind of. And honestly, yeah. in terms of like a table weed, if you will, that's some great pot for yeah. 60, whatever dollars an ounce. Hell yeah. God damn. I'm smoking the sour Kush, and it's, uh, it's quite nice, but I'm sure it I'd is. say that stuff could go head to head with it. Oh, I'll see that then. So therein lies the issue. It seems like everything is coming down price wise though. Yeah. It's interesting because when this shit started, mm. the retail price was outrageous. It was, and it was laughable. It was like $15 for a half gram joint or something. It was ridiculous. And we were getting bulk from our buddy and like had these great oh, prices. Yeah, Popeyes. Popeyes. Um, but it was ridiculously priced. But even now, like, remember how, how, so we used to get a, a quarter pound. Quarter pound. For what, yeah. 550? Yeah, that was the running number. Right. So even now, like, that was a great price then. I believe it worked out to 475 this a gram. Is, this is why we called it Popeyes because yeah. nobody could compete with this price at the time. Best in the game. But now you're talking less, more than, half off of that so yeah. like popeye for, can't compete anymore yeah, if you wanted to buy a quarter pound of this shit you're talking like 
you know, 250 250, bucks. That's that's ridiculous. That's what I'm talking about. When you put it in these, not even in those different contexts. That's what I'm saying. Like, how low can it go? (laughs) And yeah, yeah, you're you're very right because that is how is it worth it? I guess as you said, you have the infrastructure, you have the capital, you need to move it. Well, you need to when you invest in a grow up. Yeah, you need to they do a calculation what's called net present value okay right and basically what this calculation does is it accounts for all the sunken costs of starting a a company or a project or whatever Mm -hmm. and what it does is it uh amateurizes it over the course of say 20 years of business yeah so that you're essentially paying you have a mortgage on all the overhead that you started your company with Mm -hmm. right so when you start a grow up you need to grow a certain amount of weed to pay that shit off. You do. Regardless of what your costs are. You're, you know, you're not, you're, not any, you're not making any money if you're not growing. I suppose not. Right. And that's why you get people that, you know, will go and lease a house and then uh, bust into the, the power meter and, you know, let it ride until until they get busted or until their grow up is done. And then they leave a house, you know, full of fucking mold and, uh, damaged electrical. It happens all the time. No, no. I'm, I've seen all the weed documentaries, right? Don't you worry. Not geo. Look out. (laughs) It'll be interesting to see if like, you know, people start to go to that level to cut costs, you know, or, or at what point does someone invest in a solar operation? Would a solar operation not just be outdoor? No, no. I mean like so uh, a solar-powered hydroponic operation. Growing weed outdoors is, if you want to smoke the shittiest weed you've ever <laughs> smoked, go ahead. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Uh, solar. Solar-powered hydro. hydro. Yeah. Interesting. That would be the, and then, I mean, you still have to, again, you have to pay for the sunken costs of the solar, but yep. you work it out so that it makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense, you don't do it. But people are going to keep smoking weed regardless. Right. But I'm and and now that it's legal, there's going to be, um, you know, a competition. Yeah. And the wild card in this whole situation is that because of the cost of retail weed, um, the black market hasn't really gone away. It hasn't. Right. So not only are you competing retail to retail where you have a lot of regulations Mm -hmm. and the added costs Mm -hmm. uh, of doing business, the, you know, these whatever rogue growers don't have that. Right. So is it going to get to a point where, where they can't compete with black market weed? And if so, what is black market weed going to be at in terms of price at that point? It's going to be like the price of corn. Oh my god! And wheat. I used to pay. Um, when <laughs> this is fucking crazy shit, and this is 1993 money. Okay, 1993. I was paying twenty dollars a gram for hash, and that was the going price. This dude, if even if you wanted uh, five grams, it was a hundred bucks. No bulk discount. No, no Fuck bulk discount. You. But he always had. We always had hash. Yeah, and. Um, uh, it was always top of quality. 
$20 a gram. It was fantastic. And that was, like I said, 1993 money. So to think about getting uh, an ounce for $69, it's insane to me. It's like, yeah, that's this is the golden age of pot. Yeah. <laughs> That's something I, that's. Go I, ahead. I can possibly smoke more than I'm smoking right now. You can't. Or you no, can't? no, no. This is it. This is maxed out. Oh, max this velocity. is maxed out. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. This is the maximum that I'm able to smoke. Yeah, I think that's pretty reasonable. That might be the maximum that most. Are. I don't know. You know. I'm sure you're gonna have your exceptions. Yeah. Um, but that's that's something that's always interested me, and I hope I haven't talked about this in the podcast before, but. The consistency of prices with drugs over time and how drug they, prices they've seem, stayed consistent and don't seem to be affected by inflation. Like a gram of cocaine it was always eighty dollars, and now we're between eighty, I assume, one forty. I have no idea. Just browsing the oh the dark webs, the, the dark web marketplaces. Yes, um, but it's really interesting to see that that doesn't change. The yeah. so I don't uh, know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. So if you listen last week, we talked about this uh, dude that sells uh, a plethora of drugs on uh, Instagram. And uh, turns out that uh, B-Rock here made contact over the last week. Why don't you tell us about it? I, I had to reach out because it seemed uh, too good to be true. So I made a, uh, a fake Snapchat account because I couldn't find him on Instagram. And from the document that you sent over to me. Oh, yeah. He has a Snapchat logo or something. And so I scanned that and I'm like, I can get nice. to him this way. Smart. And you, you didn't try uh, using the Instagram address that he wrote on the piece of paper and all the pictures? Oh, didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, wasn't the most observant. <laughs> He's got his eyes on the prize. <laughs> this was Sunday morning the next day. Um, we were speaking on a Saturday. Um, so it was a lazy, lazy morning. But the guy got back to me. It was 9 a.m. here, and it was like 9.10. I'm pretty sure he's here. That's, so that's what you think. No, and I, this is why I want, I'm you not to sure. I want you to tell, because we're going to complete the experiment. No, we folks. will. This is for you people so and us. keep talking, keep telling about what your apprehensions are, what the conversation was about. So I get in contact. My uh, screen name is Freshy Fresh with a number afterwards. I thought that was pretty funny. Um <laughs> Anyway, I ask him for a menu first off because I want to see the prices. I want to see what he's got. And there's obviously the page. He has a a page you can view with uh, the stock. And um, he wasn't very... His response was, what do you need and where are you? Usually a good thing to hear. Yeah, that means he's... Uh this sounds like a good businessman so far. I mean, and he responded very quickly. That's the right quickly, answer. Very quickly. And I was like, all right, let's test it out and see if... So I was like, I'll get some weed, and I want like this much acid. And I didn't want to ask for anything uh, crazy. And then I find out he's got a minimum order. And that the things that I thought would be a good bit of money, which is some pot and some acid, was nowhere near the minimum order of 150 So we right. must have His good prices. prices. Were competitive, yeah. It was... 35 bucks for a quarter of weed. That's pretty good from someone you don't know. Oh, that's fantastic. If that's your running rate for pot, that's fucking yeah. great. I mean, I'm sure you could get a better deal from them if you became a regular customer. Popeye and was doing $80 half ounces. This one would be a $70 half ounce. 
pretty good. But that's what I'm saying. From somebody you have no no uh, loyalty or you've not built up any trust with, yeah. that's a pretty good price. Yeah. And the acid, I was like, throw in 10 tabs of acid. And his response is like, you're still nowhere cl- close to the minimum. I'm like, how cheap is your acid? This is great. Because I used to buy from a guy that was selling for like 15 a tab without any bulk yeah breaks. that's that's that sounds for good acid that sounds about right on the street for sure not that i'm when buying you're buying this. singles yeah which no one really should be but yeah. not, <laughs> uh, not nowadays no um so i gave him a a fake address in the city just to kind of see what the deal was yeah and he responded with how would you like to pay or no not how would you like to pay um he said we need something for the minimum i said how do we pay and he said through PayPal. Okay. I was like, that's kind of an odd, mm. odd it, way to pay. It is. It sounds strange on the surface, but it's no stranger than um, the interact e-transfers you have to do with For these weed people. chronic posts. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. But continue. Um, I said something in my original message. I was like, I assumed it would be crypto. And he's like, it's not accessible for everybody. It's true. And I think PayPal deals in crypto as well. They do. So the other thing is, is that I know that PayPal, and I don't know if he's got some shady way for you to transfer money through PayPal, but PayPal is like a credit card. If something goes wrong, you just say the guy ripped person ripped you off. I mean, I know it's illegal drugs, but he's not going to admit to it. No, he's just a a vendor of something. I've had PayPal refund me lots of times. Really? Yeah. People that you buy shit from, they don't send it or it doesn't arrive. It's on them. Well, yeah. Um, so I think, I don't know if you have more to say about the story. Uh, nothing. He just kind of pushed after I didn't meet the minimum for the order. He said, how much Coke would you like? <laughs> well, I'm sure that's probably sure what that's most people want. Probably the the going thing, keeping the store on the go. I also looked up, um, he had a picture of his 2CB. Uh-huh. It's like pink. It was pink. Yeah. So I looked it up on the ecstasy database there's a bunch of people that send in lab samples mm-hmm. and it seems like most of that shit going around is like a ketamine amphetamine and cocaine mm-hmm. mixture no thanks um so i saw that i'm like i don't want any of your pink 2cb i don't so, know anything about it so i would um, and i would just stick with the shit i do know about. that's fair and it's it is tough to uh when it comes to tabs of acid should be a certain size no taste as we've discussed before right um, well, it does have a taste. A little metallic. Yeah. But not, not a burn. Oh, no. No. Not like that crazy shit that we had. Yeah, we brought in some... I don't know what that was. We thought it was acid. It was a new person. I'm, not, I'm never doing that again. I think we... Th- I might still have it in that drawer. I unless care. I threw you it out. just throw it in the garbage because you should never take it. I agree. Um, I think I kept it for sampling purposes. Like I wanted to see what it was, but oh. I may have thrown it away. Yeah, that might be worthwhile. I was curious, but can't trust all your blotters well unless they come from germany yeah goddamn right um uh, just a little tangent on that one thing that i've learned is that if you swallow lsd like the the blotter acid is the only thing that can fit on the tab of a one centimeter by one centimeter and still be absorbed through your stomach so there's a another drug called nbome 25i and like it can cause pretty much vasoconstriction to the point that people have died, this kind of shit, but it's super bitter and not active if you swallow it. So if you're out there... And I don't understand why people can't just work with the shit we've already got. It's great. It's fantastic. Don't fuck with a good thing. But yeah. if you're out there and trying something new... No, shrooms and acid is swallow pretty it. much 
you know, all you need. Yes. Um, I just mean like a new source of acid. If you're unsure. Oh, you, you can use the swallow test. You saw how many sheets that dude had. True. Like there's people like, I didn't realize that there was this many people buying acid around here. That's what shocks me. I'm like, who, where are all of you? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you know, if this guy is, is legit, and I if he meets legit, I just he, don't know if he's local, but if he meets people, it, if he's okay, if he's legit and he's not local, what does it matter? Not really anything, but we can go through non light web sources for that too. Non what? We can go through like a dark web. Oh, why wouldn't you just say that, that? non light light web? Yeah. Who yeah. says that? I don't know. Me it doesn't just even now. <laughs> Throwing out these new fucking terms. <laughs> Just made it up right now. But no, um, I'm like, if if he's willing to deliver to an address, I'm inclined I don't, for that. I don't care where he is. If he's got somebody locally that works for him, I don't care. Mm. I'm willing to drop 150 bucks. I'm and if, that with if you we sure. lose it, we lose it. Yep. It's content. Oh, yeah. No, I, I would like to go through and finish this, but it would be yeah. great if someone could actually deliver in person. What do you, when you say, when they say deliver, what they don't, they're not. Nothing was, um, you never got that far laid down. No, I gave no. an address. And so what do you think if you, if they're willing to deliver, I know they're willing to deliver. Cause I, I read the profile. No. It says uh, mail order or delivery. And I searched by the name of our city yeah. to find him. So I, I was trying to do the same. I also saw a bunch of people. Did he have like only our city? on it or is a bunch uh, of other cities? I don't recall. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't recall seeing any other cities. I read through, I, I thoroughly looked at his profile. No, you did the groundwork on this one for sure. Just in terms of finding him, but the guy's quick to respond and we should, uh, he sounds like a businessman. Oh, it definitely is. Or a very good scammer, but I don't think that's true. No, I don't think if they were a scammer, I don't understand why they would be, uh, selling unusually cheap weed. Or, yeah. Also, it doesn't make sense for if, like, if you're a scammer, yeah, your interaction with a potential customer, yeah. is going to happen once because you're ripping them off, right? So why do you need to, why why do you need to say I got thirty five dollar um, quarters quarters? Yeah, that doesn't like. Also, when I made this faux order, he sent a, a video of like a sheet of paper with my name on it. Yeah. That's to prove and that like showed the quarter of weed and right. the acid. And that's like, that is, that need? is good business. It was pretty well done. I must say I don't, I, I mean, maybe I'm not being, uh, as skeptical as necessary, yeah. but I don't see any issue with, with this dude. Let's check him out. Yeah. Give it a shot. It's definitely I can't worth believe it. You, you're, you're going to order some acid though. We got, I've got lots of acid. I always like to look after uh, my own. You'll, you'll need that eventually for sure. I just gave a lot away to friends and All right. I'll need to buy more acid because why the fuck not? Sure. It's cheap. I'm always down to try something new. Yeah. Hmm. What else are we going to get? <sighs> we were talking about this a bit last time. The I'm definitely, the I think we really good. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care about that too much, but um, why? I'm down for the liquid acid. 
Right, yeah. right, right. That's way more important. Yeah. Yeah. I think that if we buy some asset, let's buy the liquid asset. And this is where the conversation earlier was coming from with concentrations. Because I worry that if I had a bottle I'll of liquid. I'll be the guinea pig. I, I I'll, tell you, you, I'll tell you how much you need to take. <laughs> I just worry that it like a slip of the wrist and. But you know the thing about it is um, when you when you're when you're doing liquid acid, yeah. you do it in sugar cubes. So right. if you drop an extra drop on it, well, put that one aside or For label it as two or yeah. whatever. If that's more than you wanted to take yeah. and you made an extra drop, well then, right, you're not going dropper straight to the mouth. Yeah, That'd that's be ridiculous. Reckless. Not only that is it's <laughs> going to contaminate the solution. True. Yeah. True. Good thinking, JP. I'd like to think these things through. Yeah, especially if you have a bottle of the holy water of God. Oh, yeah, you want it to remain sterile. Yeah. Like, this might sound a little bit crazy, and it definitely is, but <laughs> depending on uh, the purity of that liquid acid, yeah. I don't know if this is, again, obviously we were talking off we were talking off the podcast earlier about some urban myths. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is an urban myth, but... I remember hearing about people taking liquid acid in their eyes. I've also heard about this. Yeah. And if that's a thing, it would make sense. I would do some more research to make sure it is a thing, but I'd like to try that. Like I was saying earlier, it can pass through any mucous membrane that you have. And the eyes also have that. I mean, you can go into the bloodstream through the mucus in your eyes. Yeah. But I'm, I'm like mucus in your lips. Does it, does it add to the visuals? <laughs> You know what I mean? I don't think it does, man. Are you sure? I'm not, but maybe you're just, you just can't see like well. Maybe, it's like visine. Maybe the, you know, the LSD when it's metabolized yeah. normally yeah. doesn't quite make it up to the visual cortex like <laughs> it does when you're dropping in your eye. And right I'm, to the rods and cones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is there <laughs> is there a cause and effect there? We might need to find out. That's what I'm saying. All right. All right. Because honestly, I've always been a person of minimal visuals. Oh, um, I am if I don't take enough. It's true. But if I take enough, I get, you know, full, full burn victim going. Everybody <laughs> looks like a burn victim to me. Yeah. That, that's when I know I'm, I took enough. See, for... For me, it's not the burn victim thing. When I take enough, the sky starts to like turn into pixels. Oh, I get that with uh, before I get to burn victim stuff. Oh, you're going farther than the pixels and the candy clouds yeah, and all that yeah. shit. I get to the point where the like the this floor here or my floor at home, they they look wet, and like I see like motion in in the in the fluid of the the design on the tile floor. See, I get like little movements. Oh no! I could sit and look at it. It's it's it looks like the tide's going out. Whoa! Yeah, that's what you're going for. Well, no, no, that's when I know I've had it. Like had when I get home <laughs> at the end of the night and I look at that. You know, I've lived in the same house for 20 years. Yeah. When I look at that that floor in my house after a night of you know tripping yeah. and like I've pretty much come down at this point, yeah. I still see that. Crazy. Yeah, I've always always seen that craziness. I've recently, uh, I don't see like pink elephants when I'm, I'm, I just, who the hell sees pink yeah, elephants? Yeah, those are the people are lying. Never done acid. Just enhanced, uh, greatness. The craziest shit I ever saw 
uh, was two times. Yeah. One time was the first time I smoked DMT. Oh, yeah. You guys and, also smoked so much DMT. Uh, I didn't smoke as much as the other person. No. <laughs> um, but what I saw, I didn't like, I didn't like go somewhere. I, I just saw like um, paisley fish oh. completely swimming on all the walls of my house. Cool. Yeah. And then the other person, when they did it, they took way too big of a, a hoot. We did yeah. it on a bong. Yeah. On some ash. You guys um, also smoked like better oh, part we smoked of a the gram. whole gram. That's yeah, ridiculous. we smoked a whole gram in like uh, less than a half hour. <laughs> and so, and most of that was the other person. And I've always been a contender of saying to you and this other person that I think you guys burned a lot of it. I don't know. We just, uh, I just did did it how I knew how to do that kind of shit, which yeah. was to make a nice bed of ash into the bowl on your bong yeah and have it like make like a nice nest for it to sit on and not pack it or anything like that it's free base yeah that's what i'm saying you don't want to pack it in and create a seal or anything right you want air to be able to flow over it and i don't know it worked out fine oh it absolutely it's harsh as fuck it is plasticky i'm not i'm not i'm never smoking it again if there's another way to take it i'm down there's the ayahuasca but i don't want to do ayahuasca i I have DMT in this house I'm, and I've hit it somewhere yeah. to the point where I don't know where it's it probably is for the best. I guess there's some times where I'm like, ah, oh, that'd be kind of nice, but I have no fucking idea where Did I put you it. Check the record player. <laughs> me and JP were, uh, doing acid around Christmas time and no, no, let me tell all yeah, the story. Please do. Please um, do. So yeah, <laughs> we were, yeah, we were doing some acid around Christmas. I think that was a three tab night. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I brought over a couple of records, you know, to listen to some, some Miles Davis live evil. Um, and, uh, this 10 inch Melvin's intergalactic or what is it called? I don't remember. Um, shit. I can't remember. Anyway, um, a Melvin's cover of a Pink Floyd song and, I don't know. We were pretty fucking high. Oh yeah. And we came into the house and like B rock says, you know, why don't you put on one of those albums? And so uh, I go to put it on and you know, it's just, it's not working. It's not the platter isn't spinning. And I'm like, you know, what the fuck is going on here? And he like all kind of like awkwardly, he's like, Oh, I think, I think I know how to fix it. And he hasn't realized yet that he's got shit stashed in there. Um, so he's trying to fiddle with it. And then all of a sudden he lifts the platter off and he's like, Oh yeah. And it's like all these like baggies of used shit. It wasn't good. Yeah. And so then, no, no, it goes even further. So then he says to me, Oh, I don't want you to worry about what you saw there or something, something to to that effect. And I'm, I'm like, okay, so it's worse than what I thought. <laughs> and then, you know, about 20 minutes go by. And I think like at that point, the anxiety, it just kicked in that. I don't know what you thought was going to happen or what you thought that I was going to do about it. But he like ends up laying down on the floor and, uh, <laughs> 
I don't know. I felt like I thought I felt like you were almost ready to like go to bed or something. <laughs> like if if yeah. if um if we would have had a Seroquel, I would have been like, oh yeah, it's time for you to take oh that take was a definitely time for the Seroquel. Yeah, for sure. Because I I don't know what I I remember I talked to you out of it or something or tried to, but he was kind of hung out. It was very helpful. I don't remember what I was talking about, but. I gotta be anyway. That's that's a fucking classic story right there. There, are, I haven't told you this before, but there may have been some other substances that night going on as well. Oh, you're ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, that plus uh, the the drugs in the record player uh, that really took its toll and yeah. uh, didn't go well for the old B rock. No, no. <laughs> And I think uh, I hope you've learned your lesson. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was a rough rough winter there during COVID. It's uh, I think that like we're good now. If there's if anybody, <laughs> if if you can if you can tell anybody your your drug secrets, I think it's safe with me. Oh, I know, yeah. I know. It's uh, I'm the last person you need to worry about. Oh, I know, buddy. Well, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that that's always funny. I always like to keep up appearances, you know. Yeah. There's this other time where uh, yeah, we went to a back, sure. back concert, and uh, there's this opening act. It's like a <laughs> basically like a one man band, McRory. Yeah, McRory, McRory Tate, I think is his name. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I tried to explain to to him what was happening or what was gonna what the opening act was going to be, and bef- this is before the show. And he was like, oh, I don't care, whatever, I'll just see it at the show, blah, blah, blah. So we go with another guy, and I don't know if you told us or we knew that you were eating mushrooms for that show or uh, Me and him were eating mushrooms. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't eat them. Yeah, um, I, that was after. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we get to the show, and we're sitting, sitting down, and... McRory comes on and he's a one man band. He's playing all the sounds uh, off of his you know, hands, his arms, his legs, his chest, blah, blah, blah. He's got sensors drum. everywhere. Um, and then I just look over and I see this guy <laughs> and he's like, he just had a fucking shower. He's soaked. He's soaking wet. And then he's like, he's got his arms stretched out on the armrests of the, you know, theater type chairs. <laughs> And he's like, it's like he's holding on for dear life. It's like he, it's like he got on a roller coaster and they forgot to click in the the thing that holds you in, and he's just holding on for dear life. And uh, I don't remember exactly what you said, but you said something to the other person, and I think it, it was something about his shoes. No, no, it was something like. It was like, it was like oh. a cry for help. It was, I believe it was, I just need to rest my head on your shoulder for a minute. It was something. That's yeah. exactly what it, it was. was something. Yeah. And it's just so funny to me <laughs> that this one man band <laughs> sent you off on this, like, you can't possibly understand how he's doing the music, <laughs> you know? And I mean, if you really want to have a laugh, folks, like just YouTube search McRory and uh, watch one of his videos and imagine showing up to a show, you know, peeking on mushrooms and you've never seen or heard of a one man band in your life. <laughs> and this guy comes on stage and you're B-Rock and you go into 
like super anxiety. Full sweats. Yeah. Full sweats. Oh my God. That was hilarious. Oh, he had like uh, this really weird way of moving because he had two drum sensors on each foot and would do like this crab walk kind of thing. Yeah. Because every, every movement is a sound. Oh, I know. He got like he's got like a <laughs> snare and snare and cymbal. I think are on his feet. That's what it was. Yeah, he kind of looked like a crazed elf or jester, more like a jester. Yeah, it just blew my mind that that, that like, it was like this is what sets you off. Like <laughs> this guy, like of all the things. After seeing Tool Queens on Acid for all, and those were pretty intense shows. I mean, for me at least. But McRory fucked my day up royally. That is fucking hilarious. And then Beck came on stage and everything was the best. (laughs) It was amazing. It just goes to show you (laughs) that, you know, everything is in your head. Of course it is. Yeah. It's all happening from the inside, you see. Yeah, see, that that philosophy leads me through life. Oh, I know. Everything. Yeah. I just, you know, I just, oh, if something starts to bug me, I'm like, oh, it's just in your head. So then I just, okay. Once I make that realization, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's why I never have any issues if my mind starts to wander while I'm high. Yeah, I usually uh, end up in my own head and then freak myself out. I kind of, you know, uh, to be honest, I, I welcome those kinds of experiences. They for, don't happen enough. For me, it's not like a mental thing. It usually, well, it is. And then I'll convince myself that there's something physically wrong. Of course, I know that you're, 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 you're definitely a hypochondriac. Man, my good buddy, who you've met before, he will listen to this and laugh his ass off because we've discussed this. I've noticed it as well. Absolute hypochondriac. Yeah. Yeah. The hypochondriac who worries about being a hypochondriac. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm getting better with it for sure. But uh, you should definitely uh, get some Seroquel and just, if you've got all this other shit on hand, why not have one of those? If anybody, like I said, if I've ever seen anyone who needs it, it's you. I can always work my way through it, though. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I welcome Those are the two extreme examples. Those are pretty extreme, for sure. But, I mean, the first one was a pretty heavy dose of some good acid, for sure. Uh, I, I mean, for you, I guess. For, oh, yeah. I will be the first to admit that. And I uh, think if the, uh, our our third musketeer was here he'd be on board with me he'd be like yeah two or three well, he's an animal though yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's uh there's always a little element of wildness um did you hear uh that china yeah china has decided to ban all new video games all of them all what are you gonna they uh they see some fucking crazy shit wow yeah um let's see here let me see if i can pull out a couple of quotes so <laughs> this is some funny fucking shit to me <laughs> so it says chinese authorities have banned all new video games from being released indefinitely as the government attempts to tackle what it calls gaming addiction in the under 18s the suspension was revealed at a meeting with game company Tencent. So Tencent is like a huge, huge company. I think they, I don't know if they sold it yet, but they own TikTok. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so 
I think that China's kind of onto something with this. I'm not saying that they need to. I don't to ban video games. I mean, obviously, we don't live in a you know fascist fascist dictatorship. More um, communist, I would say. Yeah, still, I don't know. Yeah, communist, I guess, is a better description. Right? Socialist, communist. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, they have you know what six billion people or something. One point eight. Oh, is that it? I think so. Oh, it's the world that has like six billion. We got close to seven. <laughs> China population. I think it's like one point. Well, whatever. They have a massive population. One point three nine eight. Yeah, and yeah. they're also experiencing like uh, the biggest growth in middle class uh, as they've ever seen in their history, right? Yeah. So it makes sense that you know, you know, like you you talk about. Uh, settlers in north america Mm. and how they introduced you know uh alcohol yeah and how um because first nations people hadn't had alcohol in uh their diet forever ever that they're much more prone to alcoholism Mm -hmm. and to drinking a lot because it's new yeah you know it's new and biologically their bodies don't know how to deal with deal it with as it. well as the white man mm-hmm. so i kind of think of that same thing in reference to the way that the chinese middle class is rising yeah in that people didn't have any access to uh technology tv video games so they they do get access to it and it's all or nothing you know what i mean like yeah they don't know they don't know uh how to they don't even know what moderation is Right. Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of, even now, there's still a lot of rural China. Oh, hell yeah. People living, the amount of people, farmers. I I saw something like where where China has, is it 10 cities with a population of 20 million or more? Really? It's crazy how how fast the middle class is growing. 20 million or more, you said? Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. It's insane. There's 13 cities over 10 million. Okay, sorry. Still, I mean, my, I, I was, that's you know my lack of memory. It's good that we confirm these things. Absolutely, but that's ridiculous. Yeah, 10 million. Ridiculous. That's 130 million people. Yeah, in 13 cities. Right, and if you look at how uh, how fast those populations have grown, yeah. a lot of those places weren't cities 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Some of the cities include Beijing, Shanghai. Tianjin, Guangzhou. Yeah. Um, some, like I said, some of those are new cities. Wow, man. Yeah. I mean, there's also an issue. This isn't, um, I haven't done a lot of research on this, but this was brought up to me the other day. I'm like, logically, that makes sense. Um, the issue of the one child policy and favoritism towards male children. Yeah. There's, there's another reason for that, though, mm. is that it, culturally, the male born child takes care of the parents. Right. Right. And not only that is that if they marry, Mm -hmm. they also take care of her parents. Right. Right. So that's why now China's gotten rid of that. Mm -hmm. They don't, in fact, they're trying to grow their population. Um, But yeah, though that one kid thing was not good. There was a lot of orphans. I believe there's a disproportionate amount of males. Oh, females, which is making it, population growth is going to be a huge issue for them. Not that it's necessary in China, in my opinion, but I mean, their industry is 
just behind the states in terms of GDP last year. Right. I saw something. I, I don't know who did it. It might have been a Vice piece. Yeah. This is quite a few quite a few years ago now, where um, somebody was investigating just how competitive the uh, market is for a significant other mm. in China, mm. and to the point that. Um, Guys would take would buy billboards and say, you know, th- I have this job, I make this money. Yeah, well, if you want to date me, contact me. Like crazy Jesus. shit. Yeah, we're like that's kind of like Tinder. No, <laughs> this is a little bit crazier. <laughs> it is. Um, it is. I'm just joking. There was one guy who he he went out into like a town square or whatever, yeah. and was had all the mothers or something come and take flyers of like almost like his CV or his resume. Of, yeah, <laughs> to their daughters, this is, but this is how how drastic the ratio of men to women is. Right, it's an issue. Oh, it is. Like China is also created like hmm. they they have uh, a lot of towns that are just you know for workers. Yeah, um, based on industry and like women haven't really been in uh, industrial type of jobs without with the exception of like you know. Um, uh, clothing manufacturing yeah. that kind of thing until recently so they have these towns where it's all men and they literally have like robot brothels really yeah they have to wow yeah interesting yeah so like i guess china's on the cutting edge of uh robot. robotic yeah prostitutes yeah i guess you can call them yeah interesting yeah, China is somewhere that I'm not interested in going. Oh, I think we've I'd talked about this before. Yeah. Go now before shit hits the fan. China's going to have a big hand in Afghanistan too, most likely. Um, I read an article that China is trying to take over Bagram Air Force Base yeah. in Afghanistan. And I saw some pictures of it. <clears throat> and I was like, I don't understand why the U.S. didn't just blow this shit up when they left. <laughs> It's like a giant slab of concrete in the middle of the desert. And it's got, you know, hangars and shit and buildings. But it's mostly just concrete. I don't understand why they didn't, you know, blow it all up when they left. Maybe it was something they expected the Afghan army to take or something. Possibly. I'm Who knows? Like, the whole thing that's so crazy to me about the situation in Afghanistan is that in the 19, late 1970s, Russia was invading uh, Afghanistan mm-hmm. to fight the Taliban and the U S was supporting and funding the Taliban with weapons in the late seventies, early eighties. Mm-hmm. Then, um, you know, come to, you know, the nine 11 era. Um, and you have the U S training Afghan forces, providing them with all the weapons and equipment that they need yeah. to run an army. They're American trained. Right. And then Edwards, what? Actually, never mind. Moving on. Um, then they literally drop their weapons and run away, and the U.S. has now armed the Taliban twice in right. you know one generation. It's crazy. It is crazy, man. Yeah, I don't think that they'll ever be able to explain why they stayed there so long. Oh no, the whole thing was a fuck up. Um, according to Al Jazeera, by way of an Italian newspaper. Um, Taliban spokesman, I'll mess up this name, I'm sure, Zabahullah Majuhid, um, 
will rely the Taliban will rely primarily on financing from China following the withdrawal of foreign troops from Afghanistan. But see China take over their country. China has this foreign policy yeah. where they're trying to uh, expand all over the world. And so Absolutely. they're you look at um, South American, Central American countries mm-hmm. that uh, aren't doing well financially, and you'll see that China is is providing a lot of money to them um, for what what they say is non-military use. Right. But let's get real. So strategically, China is building up its military all around the world um, because it's they have a, the U.S. because they have a lot of money mm. and they can literally buy this land all over the world from countries that can't afford to say no. Right. And so this is just another example of that. They want to, the Taliban, all, all the money that the, uh, that Afghanistan was supposed to have was in the hands of the U S and they froze it. Yeah. Right. So the U S has it all. They're not going to give it to the Taliban. Good. They're collecting interest on that shit. Then the humanitarian issue with that. I mean, don't give it to the Taliban. Obviously the humanitarian issue is, is nothing now. Like, I mean, it's, it's something, but definitely in the eyes of the U S there's nothing they can do and there's nothing they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. They were there a long fucking time and it collapsed within a few days. Really? Like less than a month. It was a few weeks. Yeah. The takeover of Kabul was pretty quick. I mean, that's, it's amazing to see, but obviously nothing was changed in terms of the structure of the nation. If these things can come back that quickly, the fundamental issues are still there. Yeah. And how much money can you spend and time can you spend? So it's, it's a really tricky situation, obviously. Crazy so, stuff. uh, what have you been listening to this week? What have I been listening to? Um, that, uh, hour and a half mix. Oh yeah. But we'll, we'll save that for another time. That's good. It's good for sure. But we've, it's we've, funny to me. We've got policy. You thought that that was from the eighties. Like it doesn't, it, it, I misread, no, but in no way does that style or sound come from anything in the eighties. I was actually, I was completely shocked. So I, I was dancing. I was having a few beverages and listening and dancing and it was blurry on the thing that I had. And I read it as but you, 87. But you I'm made like, an effort to be like, Oh, it's this mix from, from 87. I thought it said 87. It said circa blank. And I went back and looked and like, that could definitely be an eight, but it is a nine. But the sound of the music, you would have been like, this is not. And almost broke my brain. hip hop. Yeah. I was like, this is so early. This is way ahead of its time. I, as soon as I listened to it, I was like, this is not 80s. And then you pointed out that it was also a CD. I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. Right. That's definitely 97. But I was, I couldn't fathom how it was 87 on the listen. Um, it wasn't, it was not. That's why you couldn't fathom. It, uh, <laughs> it was kind of messing with my head. Um, seeing how we've talked about it so much, this is a newer find, but, uh, DJ Z trip and DJ Emil, uh, the mix is called best friends. He's breaking the rules. I am the podcast. I am. I just did it, but, uh, we were talking about it. I guess we'll make an exception. This is the only one I didn't want to bring up the name, but some funky shit. Great breaks. Listen at your own risk. Yes. Yes, indeed. It's a new find. I will put a link in the description. Give it a check. I, I really like the album cover. It's two uh, stormtroopers posed. It's nerdy shit, but... Uh, I don't like Star Wars. You don't like Star... I'm not... Uh, I'm more of a Star Trek guy. I don't like Star Trek anymore either. I would have agreed with you a couple of years ago. I think Star Trek is... Uh, 
Star Trek has gone too politically correct for me. The new shit agreed. I'm not a huge I, fan I of think the new it, season. But the thing is, is like, when was the last time they put, they had good shit? Uh, like Next Generation. Yeah, exactly. So the early to mid nineties. Yeah. John Luke Picard. So just like man. just like uh, Star Wars is in deep space. They haven't done anything lately. Yeah, yeah but Deep Space was nineties as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Deep Space was nineties. Yeah, I totally agree. So the J.J. Abrams films were. Okay. Did you hear that? Uh, I, I read this this week. This just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, I guess Quentin Tarantino okay. wrote a screenplay, a Star Trek screenplay. He what? was asked to. Yeah. You'll have to Google it and check it out. I don't have the info in front of me. Yeah. Um, they even hired. A, I think they even hired. Oh, no. They hired a screenplay writer to write his story for him. Okay. And. Uh, I guess Gene Roddenberry's son yeah. didn't like the way or the direction that Tarantino was taking it. He was making it, you know, Tarantino-esque. Yeah. And uh, I think he was quoted as saying, I didn't want this to be, I didn't want it to be a Star Trek Reservoir Dogs 2 or something like that. <laughs> but I just thought it was super interesting and never heard that before. But apparently, like I said, he they produced a whole... I think they even got into, I don't know that they were into filming, but they were into pre-production of the film. Uh, I found your quote. I believe it was exactly it. I do not think you could say we were going to do a Reservoir Dark Star Trek. I don't know. That was Tarantino responding. Oh, um, I got it mixed. Um, no, you were, you were correct, but uh, I would love to see that Tarantino, Tarantino Star Trek. I actually recently... Since I saw you last, watch. Don't tell me. I don't want to talk about it. I know what you're going to say. What? No spoilers. Oh, no. I watched like four or five Tarantino movies this week. Oh, okay. Great. Reservoir Dogs, Glorious Bastards, Django, Pulp Fiction. The one I've been meaning to watch recently is Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown is good. It's, it's very so good. good. I want more action to it. Oh, no. I love the whole it's d- really the mellow. Weed, weed smoking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sam Jackson. that's right up my alley. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sam Jackson is a great character. I feel like I cut you off there. No, no. Um, something I was thinking recently, I don't know if we want to get into this or how much we want to get into it, but Tarantino and... Rodriguez? No. Oh. Jesus, Harvey Weinstein. You gotta stop smacking, smacking the table, smacking the glass. Sorry, guys. That's okay. I'm gonna cut it. Um, they worked very closely together. Who? Weinstein. Oh, Harvey yeah. Weinstein. Uh, he was involved in like most of the production Tarantino's, of his films. Tarantino's addressed all that. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he said he he could have said something. Yeah, yeah. I think that's more than a lot of people have said. Yeah, because I mean, he did. A lot of people worked with him. Oh yeah, I think uh, you, th- you look at like the amount of production that Weinstein did. If you were in Hollywood during a certain time, you almost definitely were connected to something, some project he was involved in. Yeah, yeah. It's always uh, I was watching Kill Bill yesterday, and name comes up immediately. I'm like, oh yeah, that was mm-hmm. that was a big part of the production of it all. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's hard to find in mind. hard to find some big films that you know weren't attached to him in some way. Yeah. Still great cinema, though. Kill Bill? Kill Bill, one and two. Yeah. It was only meant to be one, I heard Tarantino saying. Maybe that was on the Rogan podcast. I think it was, yeah. And then 
they cut the they cut it into two or whatever. I like it as two. I like it as two. I think it could have been even longer. I could have gone for more. Absolutely. Like yeah. the stuff that he was doing with the um like the homage to the Kung Fu style Where she goes training. With uh, Pai Mei. Oh, I love that dude. He's Fuck. my favorite. Oh my God. That scene is that whole bit, you, that chapter. You got to check it out on YouTube. Yeah. There's some uh, like Pai Mei outtakes. Yeah. From like the DVD version of Kill sure, Bill. Yeah. And it's so good. There was like a whole other segment of the movie where. Interesting. Yeah. That they didn't put into, into the film. I would love to yeah, see you that. Should check it out. I think um, we I have the dvd in that yeah, room it's over just there. easier to search it on youtube that it is i don't have a disc slot for a dvd here anymore right <laughs> uma thurman was great in all of those movies too oh yeah she was fantastic yeah total badass yep anyway i think that's all i got for today okay all right y'all see you next week bye everybody